Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome and today we go over the pond to London, England to talk to Ruth Rogers of Canvas Cafe. So welcome, Ruth. Thanks for having me. Hello, everyone. Good to be here. So let's first talk about your academic background. Where did you go to school? Well, I went to school because over here, that's where you go up until 18. So I went to school in uh, Hertfordshire, uh, which is just north of London. But I went to university, which I think will be more interesting to talk about, in Bristol, fantastic city in the west of the UK, uh, of England. And I studied drama, which really has nothing to do with what I'm doing now. And my father was very anti my choice, really wanted me to do something more academic. But I just fell in love with acting at about 16 and was convinced I was going to be an actress. Spent my 20s trying to be so and uh, quickly gave that up. So yeah, very, very uh, irrelevant to what I'm doing now. So where did you go to work? Did you work while you were going to university or just after university? Well, I mean, I did a few jobs, you know, as any student does, um, bars, and uh, I did a cleaning job. But I guess the, the most significant work I did while I was studying was I was um, an apprentice director at the Bristol Old Vic, which is the leading theatre in Bristol. Um Despite wanting to be an actress, I I had this opportunity and I took it. And I guess that's relevant in, in what I currently do because it's directing is leadership, it's people management, um, and it's it's overseeing the big picture, which is very much what I do now. Okay, let's talk about the organization. Canvas Cafe, where did the name come from? Well, the name came from a a story that I sort of need to tell from the beginning. After I left university, I went into acting and I did a lot of stage work. I was actually the head of Joey, the horse puppet in War Horse, which I know has been all over the world. So I'm sure all your listeners will know who I'm talking about. Um, and I, I, I was... I was happy in work as an actor and a puppeteer, but I never felt fulfilled and I never felt powerful. So I was always having side hustles um, and I created a campaign in 2006 when I was just 25, uh, all about body image. And the the campaign is called Body Gossip and it, it is all about inviting people to write and share their thoughts and their stories about their bodies and their appearance. And in order to get that started, I took... Stay with me, people. I took my white living room sofa on the roof rack of my car and I took it to places in the UK where I knew I'd get lots of people walking past. So we're talking the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in the middle of the Royal Mile. Um, We're talking about schools and universities, colleges, um, but also the close show live and and lots lots of exciting places where lots of people would be around. And I invited passers by to write one sentence about their body on the sofa. And the reason I did this was because I needed to get people writing their wider stories. And how do I get the word out there? Well, if I had been famous, I would have rung up some tabloid newspaper and and I would have got on the front page but I wasn't famous I'm not famous so I did what I could and 
what was actually the most surprising thing was how honest people were with that sofa. So I was asking them, just write something about your body. And the stuff they were writing was so beautiful and deep and honest and brave. And, and their friends, family members were saying to them, I didn't know you felt that way. And I suddenly realized that there's this incredible thing. An incredible thing happens when you invite people to write on an unusual canvas. And now you know why I've told you that story. This idea of inviting people to write on an unusual canvas was the first, uh, the first sort of nugget in my journey on the canvas. And uh, so the canvas is called the canvas because it's a, a venue, it's a, a vegan cafe, but the, the walls of the cafe have questions on them. And I've widened the subject. The, it's not about body image, it's about life. It's about humanity and kindness and compassion. And the questions are things like, uh, tell us a book you couldn't put down or what hobby did you pick up in lockdown or tell us about your grandparents and I love that one it's the beautiful the stories that come out are just stunning and um, what recipes remind you of home you know just those things that everyone can answer that it's not a hard question but it, it does it eases out these beautiful answers and to go down a slight sort of psychology angle I believe that when you go in to a space that invites you to, to write on the walls, it, it makes you feel that that space is kind of yours. So you end up having an ownership over the space, which in a city like London, I think is very important. And then also when you read what other people have written, I believe you have more, more compassion for your fellow human. I think it, it, it should break down any barriers of us and them because we all, we can all answer the questions. It doesn't matter where you come from, what religion you are, what race, what gender, what sexuality. It's just universal. So that's why we're called the canvas. But then we do, we do take that further in that we are a blank canvas for the launch and growth of positive grassroots community ideas, which sort of takes it a bit further, but that's where the, the name came from. Wow. So you're not just a cafe, and that's what keeps it uh, really interesting. You uh, also have people in for talks and films and live performances. And you also have a hub. And we also have hubs. So, that's, so tell us a little more about the cafe and how it operates. So we ha we ha I sort of see that the canvas is almost like an overarching way to be. It's a way to do business. It's a way to create projects. And currently, we exist out of one site, just off Brick Lane, which is a, a really famous street in East London. There are, it's historically, incredibly, culturally diverse. It's really famous for um, Bangladeshi curry houses and uh, the, like a really famous Jewish bagel shop. Um, it's a, a, an incredible area for, for street art. And it's where Jack the Ripper um, performed most of his dreadful deeds. So it's a really busy area. Um, we have three spaces in our site. This, the first space you walk into is our vegan cafe with the writing on the walls. And we're vegan because it is a powerful choice that anyone can make, either one meal a day or all meals for the whole of their life, to make a positive step for people, planet, and the animals. So that's why we're vegan. And downstairs, we have a creative space, which is a multifunctional arts venue that can be used for talks and workshops and film screenings. And we host some of London and beyond's 
most exciting and innovative change maker organizations. And it's a really beautiful space. It, it can be so many things. It can be a yoga studio in the morning and uh, a work, a, you know, an art workshop in the afternoon and then a comedy, you know, comedy space in the evening. But I guess our social heart is our community hub, which you've just mentioned. And that is a room that it's, it can have about 20 people in it. And we just provide it completely free of charge. Uh, actually, caveat, we provide it in return for a donation to the pay it forward board in our cafe that provides our local homeless community with paid forward, like free food and drinks. So it's, it's essentially free, but we, you know, we ask for a donation and that space is completely handed over for the launch and growth of new ideas that will improve other people's lives. So the things we've had on in there are, they range from a dropping group for young people experiencing mental distress or um, a a peer-to-peer networking or peer-to-peer mentorship group for male identity discussions. We also hosted um, an awareness raising event about fast fashion, but we also host uh, drama classes for shy children and yoga specifically for local families. And at the moment we've got um, as a lady who's just giving free yoga classes. She's a, she's a yoga instructor, but she just wants to give back. And we've hosted free mindfulness. And it's just a gorgeous space. And it's like soil. If you, I always think about it as soil for, the, you know, for the, the launch and growth of these beautiful ideas. And, and the idea is that the canvas creates these little projects that go on and do good in the world and that we were the, the base camp for that, the starting point. Yeah, I saw that term base camp on your website. So. Yeah, so we, we for, I've been running this now for seven years. And for the first six and a half, I really struggled to tell people what it was and why it was. And I once overheard my husband at a dinner party and someone said, so what does your wife do? And he said, oh, um, she, um, oh, now she runs this, um, Huh, let me think. And, and it's, it's really difficult to define what the canvas is. And so over the pandemic lockdown, um, whilst trying to desperately keep my toddler and newborn baby alive, I also engaged a branding agency and we worked on this tagline. Um, so the canvas, the tagline is spaces for hope, base camp for change which um, that, that means a lot to me because it's, you've got, in the spaces for hope, you have space to collaborate and create and enable and launch and all of that sort of really, actually, I'm taking launch out of that list, the create, co-create, collaborate. That's all in spaces for hope. In Basecamp for Change, you have launch, incubate, um, platform, you know, all those lovely words that we, we often think about at the campus. And I think those two, those two things, they, they sum us up quite well. Ruth, talk about your team. My team? Oh, well, they're, oh, well, they are, no one really comes to work at the canvas because they just want a normal coffee job. You know, they could go, there's plenty of places to go where they just want to make a simple cup of coffee. So every single person on our team has a bigger purpose for being there. And a lot of them bring their own lives into the sort of fabric of the canvas 
Um, for example, we, we've just, just just hired a new chef called Matt, who is a singer songwriter, and he can't wait to set up his you know his own night. Um, we've actually brought down um, someone who was working up in a, a 200 seater live music venue in Manchester has just joined us as our events manager, and her partner is a chef at this really famous uh, vegan restaurant in Soho, London, called called Alexi Gaultier, and because of Gabby and her partner, that Mr. Gaultier is doing um, a free meal for 100 uh, vulnerable people out of the canvas on the 19th of December. And I think Mr. Gaultier is going to dress up as Father Christmas. <laughs> so, yeah, there's an awful lot of passion. Um, I did everything in that business for the first few years, and it wasn't successful because you can't be everything for a, an organisation because I have... I have certain skill sets and they are limited and then you need lots of people in order to fill the gaps and i i feel i feel like i've really got a fantastically strong team and it would not run without them talk about the uh, importance of partnerships and funding oh well uh, i think i might know which one you're talking about um but i can talk in, in like a wider context first so um we we are just off Brick Lane in East London, and the borough of Tower Hamlets is a very interesting one because it it is really um, it has a real broad range of um, of economic backgrounds living and working there. So it, a wider Tower Hamlets includes Canary Wharf, which is London's business hub. Um, you know, huge sky sky rise buildings and and multi million pound organisations in Tower Hamlets, where you've also, it's also the uh, the UK's number one for child poverty. It, it's, it's, it's incredibly deprived, and so many families um, have children who are pupil premium, which means that they're eligible for free meals because their families can't afford to send them in with a packed lunch or pay for a school dinner. So um, luckily the canvas can help there because we have actually teamed up with Tower Hamlets Council to provide free meals over school holidays. So that's wonderful. Um, but we were also, because of a partnership with two very famous, uh, world-famous artists, Gilbert and George, we've actually been able to create a project that directly helps Tower Hamlet's most vulnerable people. And that came about because, like you've invited me, Peter, to come and talk to you today, I was invited to a local advertising agency to give a talk. And I was talking about the canvas and how we were partnering with local businesses to take uh, hundreds of free meals over to the Crisis Skylight Centre. Now, I don't know if you have Crisis over in Canada. It's a, a homeless charity, fantastic organisation, and they have one of their centres just five minutes walk from us. So we had this sort of, you know, local businesses were donating in order for us to go and take the meals. And I was giving this talk to this advertising agency, and one of their creative directors came up to me and said, it's really, I really love what you're doing let's see if we can create a project together and she dared me to knock on the door of gilbert and george who um are world-renowned artists who also just happen to live five minutes away from the canvas and i did knock on their door and i was terrified and um gilbert or was it george gosh i can't remember opened the top window and looked out hello who are you and I said, oh, hi, I'm from the canvas. And he said, oh, the yellow place. So he, he knew who we were. 
And from that initial meeting, um, the advertising agency, who are called Wyden and Kennedy, need to give them a shout out because they were integral in this, and Gilbert and George and the Canvas created a project called Double Helpings, which is a beautiful art plate project. Gilbert and George have donated four designs so far that we have printed in the Pottery's heartland of the UK, in Stoke-on-Trent. We've printed onto fine china plates, and the sale of each plate enables the canvas to create 14 meals for people in need in Tower Hamlets. And over the pandemic, where we couldn't operate as a cafe, we were, we was, we were you know, selling plates and we were making meals. And it, it, kept us, it kept us alive, it kept us surviving. And the wonderful thing is that it's funding to enable us to do really good things. It's a beautiful project. There are, you know, there are no hidden costs. We, you know, we pay for the plate and we pay for the 14 meals. That's, that's what we do. Um, and you can buy the plates. You can buy the plates and then we ship them worldwide um, at doublehelpings.shop. Okay, let's have some fun. Let's vision going forward. Three years from now, what's Canvas going to look like? I love this sort of question because it's where my head is most comfortable thinking, you know, thinking excitedly into the future. I have never felt that one canvas is going to be enough. <laughs> I would love, in three years, I'd love to see at least two more canvases. Practically, those will be in the UK. I imagine there will be another in London, and I'd love there to be one in Brighton, which is on the south coast. Um, I just think those two areas will be, it will be um, the spaces, the, the areas will will love the canvas being there and also practically i have two small children um that seems to make sense but eventually i know you only asked for three years but i'm also going to say eventually i'd love to see a canvas in all major uk cities and each one will feel absolutely local to the city that they are in the, I, I talk a lot about soil with the community hub but i talk a lot about roots when it comes to the canvas and the canvas pushes its roots out into its community we we only well i need to be careful here because sometimes you just can't use local produce because pasta is not made in east london but we we try to only use local suppliers and social enterprise suppliers so when you come to the canvas in tower hamlets we'll be using a lot of local um, produce if you went to the canvas in brighton you would have exactly the same feeling that there are there's local coffee there's local bread you know everything is local and it'll have it'll have that canvas feel about it but it will be also completely unique to brighton well in our terms that would be a social franchise it would wouldn't it as compared to franchising and we have a few organizations over here who do social franchising they have an operations manual they provide the uh, training and they get a fee for doing that so they're able to replicate what they're doing in various communities. So having said that, the hub, will that expand as well? So I've always felt that the canvas, if you look at the, the logo, it has a colon at the end of it, the canvas colon. And that's because I think the canvas could be so many things. It could be the canvas co-working space. It could be the canvas cabaret bar, the canvas homeless shelter, the canvas training organization, the canvas consultancy, so many things. Um, 
I believe that when there's a physical space, there will always be a cafe because you need that, in, in, you know, that enabler to bring people together around food. Um, I, the community hub is what I call our social heart. I would hope that every physical canvas can have a community hub as well, because I think that's what really engages the local community more than anything else is that community hub. But I don't want to make a promise because I don't, it all depends on what spaces the canvas takes over and what sort. Because really, we were guided by the space we rent at, at Brick Lane into what we turned it into. So I'd have to see the different spaces. Well, it's interesting because in one of the communities of faith, not far from Toronto, they run an organization called the Raw Carrot. And it's people with disabilities, and they make eight soups and breadsticks. And they replicated that in three other locations to uh, make that happen. So there, there are many good opportunities that uh, could really make a difference. Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting that you are sat in <coughs> Toronto today. Um, I have many, many family members uh, over there, uh, dear, dear cousins living in Mississauga. And uh, it would be, I've always thought to myself, if I am going outside of the UK, Toronto would be a great place <laughs> because I have, I just have my, my kind of, my people over there <laughs> who I'd, I'm sure they'd put me up. <laughs> if, if they're listening, they better. <laughs> well, that's, that's terrific. So how do people reach your uh, organization? What's, what's the website? The website is thecanvascafe.org and there are links there to the Double Helping Shop and to all of our socials as well. That's terrific. You're passionate, you love what you're doing, and your husband supports you. <laughs> he does, he does, yeah. He doesn't really understand it as, as, as from the previous story. But he does. Okay. And my kids think it's cool that I run a cafe because sometimes I bring home chocolate cake. <laughs> okay. What about your kids? Do they understand what you're doing? Jim is three and a half and Nell is just nearly two. So, no, they mainly understand Paw Patrol and the Teletubbies. <laughs> but I am I have to say I um, I recently bought a print for um, over our bed and it's called Legacy, and it's uh, trees, uh, printing of trees with um, uh, the um, a lino cut of the inside of a tree trunk. So it's, it's actually got 50 rings, and it's called Legacy. And when I, I, I mean, I was running this business for four years before I had Jim, but um, becoming a parent has made me understand even more that idea of, of, of a legacy. And also showing both my children that you can have an idea that helps people, and you can flip and make it happen. I think that's very powerful, especially for my daughter, because I know it's 2021, but um, it is very difficult. It's more difficult for women going into business um, for, for many reasons. And um, I like to think that she's going to feel like there's, there's nothing holding her back because her mum was able to do it. Terrific. Well, thank you, Ruth. It's been delightful. You have a great story. You have great passion in what you're doing. So thank you for your time this afternoon. 